Thanks for checking out the Harvest Valley Church podcast. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are accepted. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages and challenges you. Now here is the Sunday AM message. Praise God. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. The golden rule. I had asked my, a couple of my friends and family, I was like, hey, I'm preaching this Sunday on the golden rule. They're like, what's that? I was like, oh, that's a good thing. So let me uh, give you guys the link to chime in. But this morning, like Pastor Derek said, we will be talking about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them um, do unto you. And my disclaimer is that this is for those who are on their way to heaven. If you're on the way to heaven, meaning if you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this message is for you. It is not for those who are trying to find Christ. It is a hard thing to do. So if you enter into the kingdom of the Lord, then this rule will apply to you. But like I've said, if you're living in the world, then you can continue to do as such. But as soon as you say, Lord, I surrender it all to you, I want to follow your daily path, the golden rule is stamped upon you, and this is your calling, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, this rule or this phrase or this saying has been around for years. It has been around, but in a negative condensation or in a more passive way, it would say, don't do unto others as you would not have them do unto you. Don't treat people the way that you don't want to be treated. But when Jesus came on the scene, he made it an action call. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat others as you would like to be treated. So is it an action call? It, it's going to take action. It's going to take some love. It's going to take some energy, right, to, to, to do this. And this quote, it was done historically by different philosophers, just different historians. But like I said, Jesus came in and he made it an action call. It is an action call. So let's pray and then we'll dive into the word of God. So dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, for your sermon on the mountain, Lord. You've touched so many points, Lord, uh, historically throughout your word of God over 2,000 years ago, and we still find your word to have a profound impact today, Lord. So as we look into the golden rule, Lord, to do others, do unto others that we would like them to do unto us, Lord, we ask that we continue to pray, Lord, like Pastor Jerry just talked about as we're going to the polls, Lord, that we don't look at the differences in life, Lord, the, the sex, the creed, Lord, the gender, Lord, but we, we love each other and we pray, Lord, that you position those in power, Lord, that you seem fit and that you seem best, Lord. Let us remove our biases, Lord, and let your kingdom come, Lord, and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the power, Lord, to receive your word, Lord, to open our minds, Lord, to hear your word, Lord. Use me, Lord. Open my mouth, Lord. Open my mind. Give me the courage, Lord, to bring your word, for it is a living word and a living vessel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So like I said, the picture shows a great thing. I looked at this picture and I thought, man, I wish I could do this today. Jesus is on the side of the mountain and he's sitting down and the people are standing. And today I'm standing and you all get to sit down. Right. But it just shows a picture of his humility, his demeanor, his posture. Your authority is not in your voice. It's not in your position. Right. But it but it is in the spirit that lives within you. Right. Everybody knew Jesus was a man so he could take a seat, still speak life, still speak with authority, still have power of influence. He doesn't have to stand and be in that disposition of of the, the way we look at things today. So, as you said, we've been going through this. It actually starts in Matthew five. Right. And it says, now, when Jesus saw the crowd, he went to the mountainside 
and sat down. His disciples came with him and he began to teach them. And you guys know the Beatitudes. He starts in five and he, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the clean of heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who suffer for the persecution of justice sake. So he's teaching on these things. And he, he went on and he did about a short series of 17 to 18 sermons in about a week or two. And he's on the mountainside and he's bringing the word. And then we get into six in which Pastor Derek and Pastor Charlie have touched upon and Pastor Chris will touch upon. He talked about us as Christians being the salt and the light of the world, right? The fulfillment of the law. Put a note there. We're going to touch on that. Murder, adultery, divorce, oath, an eye for an eye. The wise, the foolish builder, love your enemies. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is the hanging point. Love your enemies. Give it to the needy. Prayer, fasting treasures in heaven. Do not worry. Pastor Charlie talked about that. Judging others. Pastor Chris will talk about that. The narrow gate, the true and the false prophets and the true and the false disciples. So he goes on and he's preaching day after day, 17 to 18 sermons. And then he tells us this in which we'll talk about our sermon today. In Matthew 7 and 12, Jesus says a commanding and a, a, a moral and a principle that we should hang our hat on. He says, So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this sums up the law and the prophet. Do unto others, so in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this sums up the law and the prophet. The whole entire Old Testament, the Sermon on the Mount, everything that we read about, and you can have your your, your ways, you can pull out the scripture, you can have your debates, but he said this sums it up. Everything that I'm teaching about, this sums it up. Treat others the way you want to be treated. For this fulfills the law and the prophets. So if you're like me, then I immediately had to say, well, what is the law? Right? What is the law? And look at my first point is love fulfills the law. So we're going to talk about love fulfills the law. My second point is going to be love lets go. That's forgiveness, right? Loving your enemy. Love lets go. And my last point will be love goes first. So love fulfills the law, love lets go, and love goes first. So we'll talk about those things all embodied in doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. So Jesus gives this commanding principle that sums it up. So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this sums up the law and the prophet. The first supporting texture that we find that says the law is love is in Matthew 22. And it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together one of them being an expert in the law, tested God with this, tested the Lord with this teaching, with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? To love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Number one. Number two, to love your neighbors as you love yourself. So as the Sadducees and the Pharisees tested God on what is the greatest commandment of the law, he says, love, love me, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. The second, 1A, 1B, to love your neighbors as you love yourself. Love fulfills the law. Galatians 5 and 14 says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
So in grad school, when you're doing your studying, Dave, you can attest to this, and you're, you're looking at empirical studies, you're trying to abstract themes. And if a theme continues to show, you're going to say, oh, this has some validity. This has some value. So when I'm in the Bible and I'm saying, what is the law? And the law constantly continues to correlate with love. I'm like, oh, this has some validity. This has some value. Love fulfills the law. Romans 13, 8 and 10, it says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For everyone who loves others has fulfilled the law, the commandment. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other commandments there are, they're summed up by this one commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love does not harm your neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Love is an action verb, though, right? It's just not an emotion. I can't continue just to tell Aziza, hey, babe, I love you. Giselle and Madison, hey, I love you. And I never do anything for them to show them that I love them, right? I never go get their cheesecake or their breadsticks that I know that they love so much. I have to do those things. Sit her a coffee cup by the the Keurig in the morning and write little love notes when I eat half the bagel and leave her half. You know, here goes half my heart. Right? That's love. I got to show her that I love her, you know? I've been in this game for, what, 17 years? Yeah, I love you. Love fulfills the law. Right? So, so it's, it's, a, it's not a simple feeling all in emotion. And on another occasion, in Luke 10, 25, uh, another expert of the law, he tests Jesus with this. He says, as I said earlier, the disclaimer, this is for not those who are trying to find the Lord, but those who are on their way to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, on one occasion, the law, an expert of the law stood up to test D Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of life? What must I do to inherit the kingdom of life? Right? Love is an action verb. And he responded with the good story of the good Samaritan. Right. A man gets robbed. The Levite passes. The priest passes and the Samaritan stops and he gives him servitude. He gives him his money. He takes him and gives him care. And he says, out of these three, the priest and the Levite, they both are holding on to the first commandment of love, loving Jesus, loving God with all their heart, all their might and all their soul. But there's a one B to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the Samaritan blended the two. Right. He showed Love is an action. I'm going to take you, give you my resources. I don't know you. I don't even like you, but I'm going to pick you up and carry you to give you help. And he asked the, the teacher or the expert of the law, out of these three, out of the priest, out of the Levite, out of Samaritan, which one do you think fulfilled the law? He said, well, the one who showed mercy, the one who gave action. He said, you are correct. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Love is an action verb. Love is an action verb. Second point. This is the hard part right here. I'm going to get some water. I skipped some scriptures last time, so I'm making sure I hit everyone because I told you, I was like, oh, man, I missed that scripture. It was eating me up alive. Love your enemies, right? This is where I get stuck. Anybody stuck on this one? On loving your enemies, forgiving anybody who ever did you wrong, slandered your name, that boss is trying to get you fired, that, that co-worker or you know, that friend who you thought was a friend, you know, all those things that come. You, you have to love them, right? You may not have to go to dinner with them like Jesus did with the tax collector and all that, but you got to love them. You know, you can't wish ill will. You can't be praying the Lord, strike them down. Like, it's got to be like, hey, if I see you, God bless you. Good night. But 
It, you can't have any ill will. It will hinder you. He just showed you. If you're trying to get into the kingdom of heaven, he says that this law is for you. How would you want somebody to treat you if you did somebody wrong, if you accidentally did something, or even if you did it on purpose and you, you have a heavy heart, you would want them to forgive you. So we find in Matthew 5, 43, he says, um, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. Right. It is an action call. That you may be children for your father in heaven, you have to love your enemy. 1A and 1B. Love me, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay, so now this may be, um, I think Pastor Derek talked about this last week when he talked about prayer in Matthew 7 and 7, right? Where he talks about ask, where he talks about seeking, and he talks about knocking. It is a progression in prayer. So if we're struggling in this part, I, I would encourage you to take it to the Lord in prayer. Lord, help me with this, this love, Lord, of forgiveness, with this love to let go, right? Ask, seek, and knock, he says, and I'll give it to you. And, and he will give it to you faithfully, right, if you continue to, to go along that, that path. Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. For anyone who asks receives. Those who seek find and those who knock, the door shall be opened. You have to progressively get more aggressive in your prayer life. So if I ask God and he doesn't give it to me, I have to seek him, right, diligently, daily, meditating on his word day and night, sackcloth and ashes. Some of these things only come out through fasting and praying. Maybe you got to do a combination of both, right? So then, then he says, and if you still don't hear from me, you got to knock some, some doors down, right? Some, some home groups, some church doors. So you got to knock some doors down. And this makes me think about my daughters, and we think about the progression of asking, seeking, and knocking. This Nintendo Wii thing that's out, our girls wanted it. Or what is the Nintendo Switch? So my daughters wanted this Nintendo Switch. Hey, Daddy, hey, Mommy, can I get this Nintendo Switch? I'm working. Ziza doing what she's doing. We're like, yeah, okay, we'll think about it. They come back again. Mom, Dad, I want to get this Nintendo Switch. And we're like, okay, maybe we'll talk about it this weekend. They come on the weekend, and they, they have down, okay, so now they asked us. So now they're seeking. Well, we know we can get it from Walmart, Target, Best Buy, <laughs> right? So they didn't went and did the research. They found it cost, I don't know, $100 each, right? We have that in the bank. We could use our money if you don't want to use yours, right? And then <laughs> and we could go on Sunday after church so it's not out the way. They're seeking this Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and we're like, all right, we'll, we'll do it. We'll talk about it on the weekend still. And then they're knocking on the door. Dad, it's Friday. Are we still going to go get the Nintendo Switch tomorrow? <laughs> right? And so eventually I'm like, Z, we'll get these. They, I was like, they obviously really want this thing, so let's go get them one, right? But they asked, they did the research, and then they were physically knocking on the door. And their dad said yes. So if you want something, and you're asking, and you're seeking, and you start knocking, what will your Father in Heaven say to you? Right. And, and, he, and he tells us this right in uh, believe is is chapter eight. He says, for everyone who asks and seeks, uh, shall find the door shall be open. Yeah, here he goes right here. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, I went to Matthew seven and nine. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give them a stone or if he asks for a fish, you will give him a snake. If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Right. He tells us that like I, Derek, a sinner, give good gifts to Giselle and Madison. But if I ask my father in heaven, how much more will he give good gifts to us? Right. And this is something that you have to constantly do. Joshua 1 and 8 says, keep the book of the keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully do everything that is written and you will prosper and be successful. And I'm taking that from a prayer perspective. If you keep the good book, meditate on the day and night, you will prosper and be successful in the things that you're asking spiritually. Physically, I can't promise you that, but spiritually, I know that he's diligent enough to give those things. Love lets go. So how does this look? How can I, what's the illustration or an example I can give you of someone who meditated on the day, meditated on the word day and night, who loved God, who loved themselves, who loved their neighbor, was still going through something and still had to struggle and forgive somebody to fulfill the law. And it immediately takes me to Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph sold into into slavery by his 12 brothers, right? And then he had two sons, right? Manasseh was one and Ephraim was the other one. Manasseh, the Hebrew word says that the language means um, God has caused me to forget all the hardship in my life. God has caused me to forget all the hardship in my life. And Joseph did that, right? You could have easily said, Joseph could have easily said, hey, in Joseph's story, well, your brothers sold you into slavery. Yes, they did. I let that go. They never came and looked for you year after year after year. I know. I let that go, right? So he's showing you that I want to fulfill the law. I'm going to let that go. And even when they showed up, what did he do? He showed them love, brought them in, gave them a banquet, right? Go get my dad. Go bring the whole family back. I forgive you. I love you. I'm fulfilling the law. I'm doing unto you as I would want you to do unto me as if I sold you into slavery, right? So you have a physical, a tangible list. Jesus Christ is the best example. Hang it on the cross. What did he say? Lord, forgive them for they know not what they're doing, right? He wants to fulfill the law himself. He's forgiving, right? Love fulfills the law and love Let's go. 39 times in Psalms, it says um, God's mercy endures forever. So this is a big point. This whole love your neighbor thing, I'm kind of hanging out here because I know for someone to forgive their enemy is possibly almost impossible without the love of Christ dwelling within you. It is impossible, right? So 39 times he hits it. Love endures forever. In Micah 6, he says, uh, people have tried all kinds of ways to please God. They, hey, should I bring you my first son? You know, bring you oils, bring you ointments, bring you the, the first of the lamb. And God says this in 8. Um, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. He wants you to love mercy. Mercy is forgiving. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want our sacrifices. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. He's saying, be obedient to my word, love mercy, love to forgive, and walk and learn with me in humility. Love and walk with me in humility. Love fulfills the law. Love lets go through forgiveness. And my last point is love goes first. Love goes first. So I found out through my relationship with Ziza and my daughters, I tend to get something out of them if I give first, right? If I do this, oh, they might do that. But we tend to be stuck like, hey, I'm not going to move unless she moves. I'm not going to move unless they move. I'm not going to open the door for you unless you open the door for me. Right? We're a responsive gen- 
by nature, right? So, but God says he wants us to go first, right? And, and, if, and if you want to go first and you want to say, okay, how, how do I go first? You have to take inventory, right? Chris is outside, I'm pretty sure, as, he, as a manager, he's making sure at the end of the night they're taking inventory because that's important. So if you're like, how do I want people to treat me? Let's take inventory on how you would like to be treated. And once we get your bucket list down, you go first. You start showing people that, that it's enjoyable, it's satisfying, loyalty, trusting. I like mutual interests, genuine concern for my welfare, trustworthiness. I want somebody that's going to pray for me, the desires of my best interests, the protection, forgiving. I want an encouraging team, a supportive spouse. I want generous people around me. I want people to be honored and respectful. And then I want people to love me. That's my list. So you take your list down. You say, this is how I would want to be treated. And then you go first. And you start treating people the way and hitting every point that's on your list. This is how you do unto others or influence people to treat you the way that you want to be treated. You have to go first. You can't wait for somebody to be generous to you to, for you to be generous. You can't wait for somebody to show you love for you to show them love, right? He who wants to be a friend must first show himself friendly. You have to do those things first. And God went first. In 1 John 4 and 19, it says, um, we love because he first loved us, right? We love him because he first loved us. John three sixteen during our sound test, I think Charlie yelled it, John three sixteen. Right. And, and that's exactly for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He went first. He's constantly going first. So if you want to learn how to treat others or if you want others to treat you the way that you want to be treated, make your bucket list, create your inventory list. And now you have a, a checkbox list and go down that list and start treating people that way. And you go first. Worship team, you can come up. Right. So but it, it is so hard to to say, OK, Derek, thank you for Matthew 7 and 12, which sums up the law and the prophet, the entire Old Testament. Right. And it says in all my teachings, in all my ways, this thing right here, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, sums it all up to love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and to love others as you love yourself. Right. So love fulfills the law loving our enemies, and love go first. It is impossible to do without the Holy Spirit. Impossible. The fruits of the Spirit, patient, love, peace, joy, sound mind, long-suffering. How do you buy that, right? And you don't have to buy it because it is free, right? It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So the disclaimer was in the beginning that this is not for those who are seeking Christ, but this is for those who have already accepted Christ and are on their walk or on their way to enter heaven. So now, if you want to be a part of that, this is the answer. You have to accept God as your personal Savior, right? Ask Him to forgive you of all your sins. Enter my heart, Lord. Shift my mind. Shift my thinking. Shift my ways, right? In acting. Shift my perspective on life. Shift the things I listen to and I take in. Shift my surrounding influences, all these things, and then you yourself can get on that path, right? And for those who are in Christ and you're still struggling, continue to ask, continue to seek, and continue to knock, right? And you will get the things that you're desiring on your heart. Psalms 37 and 4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Del delight means some, that someone is um, 
pleased so greatly, right? So when, we, when, we're, when we're desiring our heart and we're delighting in the Lord, we're pleasing him so great that, that he has to answer us. And what is the Lord pleased by? He's pleased by us holding on to his commandments, obeying his word, and obeying his law, right? He's pleased by that. So I want to give everybody an opportunity to, to accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior today, right? And I want to challenge you in doing so is to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And you got to go first. Create your list, create your inventory, and then start checking off the box intentionally. And then it will start to happen as a habit as you go on. But intentionally have your list and say, did I do this today or did I do this this week? And create that habit. And then eventually it'll just be part of, of who you are. So uh, let, let us pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for, for going first in our life, Lord, and sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, Lord. We confess our sins, Lord, and we ask that you forgive us, Lord. Please come into our heart, Lord, today as our Lord and our Savior. Take complete control of our life, Lord. Help us walk in your footsteps daily, Lord. We thank you for saving us all, Lord, for giving us all of our sins, Lord. Thank you for answering our prayers, Lord, and just for an opportunity to come hear your word, and to be obedient to your word, Lord God. So I ask that you move anybody's heart today, Lord, that is living apart from thee, Lord, and desires a relationship with you, Lord. Give them the courage, Lord, to let them know that, that you'll love them first, Lord, despite their faults, Lord. Your blood covers their sin, Lord. It doesn't matter, Lord, that you want us all, Lord. You don't want to leave one child behind. In Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you. Amen. Thanks for your support. Harvest Valley Church in Pleasanton has a passion to teach and equip people from various journeys of life through the love and grace of Jesus. If you want to connect with us, join us online at harvestvalley.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for stopping by.